Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Lauren Williams, the beat reporter at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And a lot has happened in the last week since the Hawks have been back from Mexico City. They kicked off the in-season tournament and it was a, a good win without uh, their lead quarterback or their lead floor general in Trey Young, who welcomed the birth of his second child. That in-season tournament play is going to continue over the next couple of days with matchups against the Sixers and the Pacers. But of course, there was a game sprinkled in there that had nothing to do with the in-season tournament. So we'll talk about what happened there and, and how it looked. How How did that loss look? But before we do that, of course, if you're listening to us for the first time, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcast. This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Hawks Report. I'm here with Daniel Salison, my handy, dandy, trusty producer, just like he is every week. And it was an interesting week. Of course, the Hawks got back from Mexico City last Friday and um, they had to play the Heat right after that. And it wasn't pretty. <laughs> they looked very much like a team that was fresh off of an international trip, a very long trip. But of course, they rebounded. They faced the Detroit Pistons in the first game of the in-season tournament for them. They're one of those, the last teams to have the first games in the in-season tournament. And they did exactly what they were supposed to do. They didn't have Trey Young that night on Tuesday when they faced the Pistons. And it was quite a nail-biter, but they pulled off the win they beat the Pistons, and now they are in, at least when I last checked, in the wild card spot for the Eastern Conference was when it comes to the in-season tournament. And, and Daniel, when you see the Hawks having a tough time against the Heat, who were a little bit fresher, who were coming off of, uh, I think at that point, three straight wins and rebound, beat a team that they're supposed to in the Pistons, just how do you feel about that? I know one of the things that we talked about, you know, when we were kind of previewing the season and and talking about our expectations of what we hoped we would see from the Hawks this year, that we would kind of see less snip snap tendencies. And in terms of the win loss columns, if you're just looking at how the, the Hawks have looked over the last week, they do 
look like Team Snipsnap. Again, just a surface level view. But from what I've watched, you know, some of the losses have looked in obviously there are no more victories in the NBA. Your record is your record, but some of the losses have looked a lot less how do I put this egregious than they did last year. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm okay with this version of Snip Snap right now. It's been six straight games of alternating wins and losses, but I feel like it's a different type of wins and losses. And if we go back to that road trip and even go back to the regular season, we talked about previewing and my expectations where I wanted to see them go seven and three in the first 10 or even take six and four. They go six and four. So I was completely okay with how they did on that road trip, focusing on New Orleans, Oklahoma City and Orlando. A good road trip is two and one. They went two and one. The toughest loss was Oklahoma City. That's a very good Oklahoma City squad. You outlast the Magic in Mexico City, and you faced a really good Pelicans team and won by 18 almost two weeks ago. And then, like you mentioned, I think it was just a hangover. Uh, hopefully, maybe too many tequila shots. I don't know. But either way, <laughs> in Mexico City, you I mean, it's a drawn-out process. You're there from yeah. Tuesday, basically, to Friday. You're only playing one game. And it was it's a lot of hype and it was a great atmosphere. And, you know, I think they all enjoyed it. But, you, yeah, you come back home and you thought, OK, maybe they can put a street together because no Jimmy Butler, no Tyler Hero. And I just think they just didn't have it that night. But overall, you mentioned it winning without Trey Young. I don't care who you're playing with or who you're playing against is a big win um, in itself. So I was really impressed by the big win against the Pistons. And again, the, the loss against the Knicks to their Five losses this year have come to the Knicks. I don't know what it is about the Knicks at home, but it, the Hawks just don't have their number right now. They they did come back and and you know both teams were kind of trading blows there with seven point leads in the fourth quarter. But overall, I I don't know what it is, but I feel a lot better with this alternating wins and losses than I did last year. I'm not sure why. Maybe you can explain it better than I can, but it just feels like a different team. It does. I I completely agree with you. I think the biggest thing is that they've continued to play together, even when, I mean, minus maybe a couple of possessions, you know, in Detroit when the game was getting away from them, you kind of saw them revert to some of those bad old habits that they had last season of, you know, people trying to take things on on their own. And then as soon as they got back to playing the way Snyder wants them to, good things happened. Same thing with how they played against the Knicks. They fell behind by 13 pretty quickly. And then they started playing together, leaning off of some really good play from their bench, you know, particularly Bogdan Bogdanovich and Sadiq Bey, who both had, you know, great games the night before when they were in Detroit. And so, I don't know what anybody will say. I I don't, you know, back-to-back games are hard. And the fact that they took the Knicks, you know, pretty down to, you know, pretty down, pretty good down the stretch. It's, it's pretty, pretty telling that this team is coming together in a much better way than they did last season. And let me just say, Mitchell Robinson is an absolute monster when it comes to the offensive boards and, I mean, honestly, to me, that was kind of the ball game right there. The, he just gave the Knicks so many second chance points. And that was a, a huge key for why they fell, in my opinion, behind so early. Now, I think as they move forward, the key is for them to come out of the gate and not <laughs> fall behind, not have to dig out of the holes. We want to see more 
wins like they had against the Milwaukee Bucks, which was a wire-to-wire win. They never really let up. And so I think the other thing that that loss on Wednesday taught me about this team is that they still have some habits that they need to kind of refine and make habits. You know, right now they're still in that learning process of breaking the old habits. What do they say? It takes three weeks to set new a new habit or bad habits. And then it's like three months to break them. And so I feel like, you know, the execution down the stretch is something that they still need to work on because we kind of saw that come into play in Detroit where, you know, the the Pistons were able to pull the game within or potentially they could have even pulled it within one if that three point shot from Alec Burke hadn't Alec Burks hadn't gotten, you know, wiped away. I mean, we thought it was a four point point play initially. And then, you know, we were thinking it would lead to three free throws and then it was just sideline out (laughs) and it didn't, you know, end up the way it was. But again, it's just kind of execution down the stretch is something that they're going to have to continue working on because on Wednesday night, they had the game, you know, in their hands for, for, you know, at least five or so minutes in the, in the fourth quarter, I believe they were up seven with just over five minutes left to play. And, you know, it's just, again, habits, making sure you're boxing out, making sure you're contesting those shots. I mean, Brunson had a wide open three and, you know, that's something that really sparked a good push from the Knicks down the end. You also have Julius Randle, who, you know, was fairly quiet, you know, for a little bit of that second half, particularly when it looks like Quinn had put Sadiq Bay on him and, you know, Sadiq was making him work for everything. Obviously, you can't play guys like Sadiq and, and Bogey for, you know, 18 straight minutes, however many straight minutes. But, um, you know, y- you wonder you know, as Quinn Snyder continues to refine his rotations, what will be kind of the criteria for, you know, who needs a longer blow versus who you can kind of just give maybe like a one minute rest to and bring them back in sooner. So, yeah, I think this team is still figuring some stuff out, but we're seeing, I think, more positives than negatives. And unfortunately, the win-loss column isn't totally uh, reflecting all of the positives that we're seeing. Let me ask you, as we're talking about the Knicks game uh, from the other night, the last shot of the game from Bogey, the air ball, a lot of people are saying no matter what, maybe that should go to Trey in any situation. Was Do you think, one, the play was designed for Bogey to take that shot? Two, did you agree with it? Or maybe, I mean, you don't have to say whether you agree or disagree, like what coach is drawing up, but do you know what I mean? Like, was that the right shot in that situation for bogey. I mean, you're finding the guy who had the hot hand. I mean, bogey hit bogey was hot on Wednesday night. You know, Sadiq was hot on Wednesday night, whereas Trey, he was doing a really good job of probing and finding opportunities for other guys. And so I I think that was the right call. I mean, you want to, you want to give the ball to the guy who's been shooting well all night. And was it a great shot? I, I mean, I don't know it, you know, maybe you give yourself like maybe one more second to kind of develop the play a little bit more because he did seem like he wasn't totally in his sweet spot. But, 
yeah, you definitely want to give the ball to a guy like Bogey or or Sadiq, who are both shooting over 35% from three. Bogey was four of 11 from three. Sadiq was two of five. Sadiq was seven of 10 from the floor. Bogey was eight of 15 overall. So it's, yeah, you know, that I don't think, you know, finding Bogey is necessarily the wrong play. Um, maybe you could have given Jalen Johnson a look, but he'd also played a lot of minutes, 31 minutes. I mean, there's a lot of factors in in that game and you know i again it's still they're still kind of in a weird learning curve it's still only game 10 which is really weird to say because it feels like the season has been flying by but it's also only game 10 <laughs> i think for me i would probably start really judging this team you know from game 11 moving forward particularly because they kind of got a, a gist of what works and what doesn't work. But as Quinn Snyder will always tell us, progress isn't linear. You're going to see a lot of ups. You're going to see a lot of downs. And again, this is a team that's still kind of figuring it out. He he points to Trey Young and DeJounte Murray kind of still figuring out how to play with each other as far as, you know, you know how much he's letting them kind of work their magic and how much he's implementing his coaching in there. So they're still trying to find that kind of balance. But I think the fact that we're seeing a lot more ball movement than we did last year, it's, it's key. And, you know, of course, Quinn Snyder is one of those guys who's like, you know, assists aren't always going to, you know, tell you the whole story about ball movement and everything like that. But the Hawks are, in the top 10 when it comes to assists per game they're averaging 26.7 assists per game and last year at this time there were 25.8 so it doesn't necessarily feel like it's that much of a difference but it it just fe- you can just tell based on the eye test things are looking different so We're going to keep talking about what we've seen from the Hawks so far through first through the first 10 games. And of course, we have to talk about the in-season tournament and what to expect from their games on Friday night against the Sixers and then on Tuesday against the Pacers. This is the Hawks report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor. But I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show streaming now on AJC.com. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I just wanted to take this time to thank everyone who has subscribed to the AJC as well as AJC.com. You guys are really what make all of this possible. The AJC does have a special offer. At the moment, you can get unlimited digital access 
for just 99 cents for the next three months. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. And you get access to our e-paper as well as our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. So Daniel, the in-season tournament, it's underway for the Hawks and they picked up their first win. As I mentioned at the top of the show, the last time that I checked the Hawks were occupying the wild card spot in the Eastern Conference. They're currently, you know, in fourth behind the Heat, the Pacers, and the Celtics. The Bucks are right there with them in fifth, but the Hawks have a plus one point differential over the Bucks because of their win over the Pistons on Tuesday. So this is where everything kind of starts to get a little bit complicated because even though quite a few of these teams have similar records with between the, the Pacers and the Heat, I mean, the Miami Heat currently have a plus two point differential over the Pacers. Both of those teams have played two games. Currently, the, the Celtics have played only one. And even though they scored 14 more points than the Brooklyn Nets in their in-season tournament game, because they've played one less game than the Pacers and the Heat, they're in third. So yes, the point, I know a lot of people were really questioning that shot that Jalen Johnson took down the stretch in Detroit. And a lot of people were wondering, well, is that because of the point differential? Is it because, you know, he just saw the shot? Because A lot of people realized that that was a weird shot. It was a bad shot. <laughs> and it ended up working out in the Hawks' favor. But yeah, the point differential is going to make quite a difference. It's going to be a big deal. It is going to be a big deal. I think there's going to be a quiz at the end, too, if you can redo what Lauren just said about the standings <laughs> here, because it is a little complicated, but you're right. A lot of it is because teams have not played the same amount of games in the in-season tournament yet, including the Hawks, who are just 1-0. But there's a lot of different factors that's going to play into this, and I think that could be one of them. One, you know, I'm not sure coaches like Quinn Snyder, are they really going to look into the point differential and say, hey, we got to win by as much? Obviously, they want to win the game. That's the goal. But are they focusing in on that point differential to say, hey, if you all want to get to this in-season tournament, I mean, there's $500,000 on the line for each player. And I think now there's they're added incentives for the coaches, too, if they are able to get to a certain point. It So I would think the players, if they're up by eight or nine at the last second, you know, it could cause some controversy. They could jack up a shot with five seconds to go just to see if they can win by 12 instead of nine. You look at some other games across the league the other night, and you would have thought it was WWE and not the NBA based on the (laughs) in-season tournament. They were both in-season tournament games, the Lakers and Grizzlies with Anthony Davis and uh, Bismack Biombo getting into it. And then, of course, the chokehold scene around the world between Draymond and Carl Anthony Towns (laughs) and Clay Thompson involved. Nope. Yeah, Rudy Gobert. It was Rudy Gobert that was the victim. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. I don't know why it's Mm -hmm. like Carl Anthony Towns is 
He was a in poor the... attempt to, a poor attempt of trying to get Draymond off of Rudy yes. Gobert. Yes, that yeah, was it. Have your teammates back for Pete's sakes, exactly. even if it is Rudy Gobert. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, those are in season tournament games. I mean that that Timberwolves Warriors fight was before there was even a basket in the game. Exactly. I mean, I, I think Less players are taking it in. more seriously than seriously. maybe we expected, which is a good thing. That's the whole point with Adam Silver. Is I think the money incentive. Mm-hmm. Makes it good for the players, which makes the basketball games even better for the fans. Again, for being late November or mid-November into December, again, with all the other sports going on, the NFL, mm-hmm. college football, this brings a little bit of a different element to the NBA. And I, I think players are buying into it, which is really cool to see. Listen, the NBA scriptwriters couldn't have written this season better. <laughs> Let's see what's on next week. And this season of NBA TV yeah. or whatever. I don't know. I As the world turns. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think we've seen some really crazy things because speaking of just jacking up shots, I mean, when the, the Sixers played the Pistons in their in-season tournament a couple of uh, days ago, Joel Embiid hit a three that apparently made some people in the Pistons camp upset. But again, that's that's stuff that you have to think about. Like you do have to think about those point differentials because when you look at how close Miami, Indiana, and Boston are, I mean, Indiana and, and Miami are separated by two points. The Hawks and Milwaukee are separated by one point. So it that sort of stuff is just going to come into play. And shout out to my good friend Jamila Johnson of Atlanta Hawks fans. She got a chance to talk to Jalen Johnson and she asked him about that shot. And he said that that it did come into that. It did cross his mind that, you know, they're told just keep scoring. So listen, it's going to come into play. We're going to see we're going to continue seeing some weird stuff. And for the Hawks, that'll start back up again on on Friday when they host the 76ers. And that team, the 76ers are cooking. They're the post really cooking. James Harden era has been very good to them. And Absolutely. The James Harden era in, in Los Angeles has not been very good to them. And no. I think there is a sense of relief in that 76ers organization. <laughs> you think that Harden is has gone. And I mean Tyree Smaxey with a 50 plus point game. Yep. Joel Embiid playing at an MVP le- level. Mm-hmm. They're just a cohesive, talented unit that we've been seeing for a while, but it just feels like now they can kind of in. You have clicking. a great coach in Nick Nurse, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's not forget what he did in Toronto, getting yep. a new start in Philadelphia. So the way they're playing, that's going to be a really fun game on Friday. And then we can't forget about Indiana and the way Tyrese Halliburton has been playing yep. for Indiana. I mean, the, the Pacers are a sneaky good team, too. They have a lot of young I don't talent. even know if that's sneaky. I just think they're a good team. I mean, yeah. you currently, again, granted, it's still so early in the season, but you look at the, the NBA win percentages, Philly is 72% with eight and three in their first 11 games. Um, and the Pacers are, are literally right there with them, seven and four, 63%. In their first eleven games, so those are some, the, those are some really good teams. You know, Philly is is really going to make the Hawks work, particularly with uh, Joel Embiid down low. Whereas Indiana, they're going to make the Hawks work on the perimeter. They're shooting thirty eight point six percent from three. So, 
the Hawks are going to have their hands full all over the place in those two games. Absolutely. I mean, the Pacers still have eight guys in double figures right now. So you Mm -hmm. have contributors from all over. You mentioned, you know, Halliburton. You have Benedict Matherin. You have Buddy Heald. I mean, again, you have three-point shooters galore on Indiana. It's going to be definitely a tale of two different games. But if you look at Atlanta just to start, too, look, I know it's early, but they're two and three at home. And I know Mm -hmm. one of the important factors for them based on last year was you got to start protecting home court. You can't have a losing record at home. It's great Mm -hmm. that they're playing well on the road because, you know, that's huge as far as getting good seating. The fact that they are four and two on the road is a really good sign. But can you imagine if they start playing better? I know again, two of those against the Knicks, they had some trouble against the Knicks and two of those three Mm -hmm. losses, but you protect home court, especially this weekend when you have Philadelphia and Indiana. One, you put yourself in the driver's seat for that in season tournament Mm -hmm. because those are, your two home games out of the four because your other road game is against Cleveland as far as the in-season tournament is concerned. I mean, this is a, uh, I always, uh, I always say it's a big weekend. I always say it's a big week. <laughs> it's Again, always a big week. It's always NBA. a big week in porn, but these two games are going to be fun and they're yeah. different styles of play, which is exciting. And they have mm-hmm. different levels of superstars, I think, show some, like, I think I saw a stat that Tyrese Halliburton, I think, in the last few games, like 32 assists and no turnovers. I mean, oh, it's wow. just it, something along those lines. Like, he's taking care of the basketball, but he's also shooting really well. And people are like, why did the Sacramento Kings trade him? Do they keep the right point guard? I'm not going to get into that because I think Darren Fox is a great point guard. Right. But Halliburton just is, you know, is playing really good basketball, and it should be a really exciting weekend in Atlanta. For sure. I mean, like you said, Tyrese Maxey with Philly, who the the Hawks face on Friday. I mean, Philly has two of the league's top 15 players who score the most, who rank, you know, in the top 15. I am sorry, guys, I'm tired. Um, I'm my, my brain is clearly jumbled. What I'm trying to say is Philly has two players who rank in the top 15 in average points per game in Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. There we go. We finally got, I had, I I explained the complicated process of the in-season tournament and how those standings work, but I can't just say a statement about where two players on one team rank. (laughs) We said Tyrese with Maxey and Halliburton. We're just confusing ourselves. We're doing it to ourselves. It's the year of the Tyrese. Um, But yeah, (laughs) so... Right. So it's just it's insane that the Hawks are going to have to have firing on all cylinders on terms in terms of defense, the guards and and the guys on the perimeter. They're going to have to do a much better job of taking some pressure off of Capella in in terms of, you know, the points in the paint that they gave up between Monday, excuse me, Tuesday and Wednesday against the Pistons and the Knicks. That's going to obviously be hard when you're playing a guy like Joel Embiid um, and then Tyrese Maxey, who we know can get downhill very quickly. Um, And then, of course, with Halliburton, Tyrese Halliburton, he's another guy that can attack the rim, but he can also punish you from outside. So it's just when you think about, you know, the Hawks having that group defense mentality, helping each other when they need it, but not overhelping, that's where those habits that Quinn Snyder has wanted for them to kind of have, they're going to be really necessary. These guys are really going to have to focus on execution in every sense of the word you know particularly in these next two games should be a lot of fun i'm looking forward to both of those me too so before we say goodbye for this week daniel let me ask you 
with the courts, you know, the in-season tournament, the NBA has each team rolling out special courts, special basketball courts. We haven't seen the Hawks yet, but of the games that we've watched so far, which is your favorite? Oh, man, there's some really there's ones that I feel like I have to put 3D glasses on just to watch the game. And then there's some that I'm just like, like, I don't know why the Bulls one with all the red is tough on the production nightmare. I've heard. Yeah, it's them and them in Miami. Yeah, it's and again, this could be a little biased just based on where I was from. Mm -hmm. But I do like what the pelicans did because they're doing a new like voodoo uniform with the black yes i do like the voodoo uniform. it looks pretty sh- they call it the skeleton which is i love the name <laughs> of that theirs is pretty cool i'm trying yeah. to think of some do you know whose is really good which the one pacers see i don't like the pacers really? no i don't like the blue with the giant yellow stripe down the middle it's I like it jarring to the eyes yeah. for me i I do like, I do like the way they're doing it with the big trophy in the middle. And I remember yeah. I, I was listening to JJ Redick, and he he was joking about it, but he was like, "Why is there a trophy in the middle for the Clippers? Like, they haven't it- won anything yet." And it's because like, <laughs> it's, it's the in season tournament. And he was making a joke because he was responsible for them kind of right. not getting to that point when he was with the Clippers for four years. Clippers. But exactly. uh, I the fact that they have the fact that the NBA has gone all in with this, the fact that yeah. they've each team has to have the different court. They have a different uniform that's being right. involved with it. They're updating the standings every night with it. They're making it as important as they want it to be, which I think is really helping the fans buy into it, too. So yeah. uh, you are seeing teams and fans really get into this and wanting to make sure they're at the top and have a chance to want to go to Vegas and have a chance at $500,000. And I don't know how... Whichever team wins, it's going to celebrate it. You know, do you, again, do you have a mini parade? Do you, have, do you raise a banner? <laughs> no, um, I mean, I'm sure you have a little bit of the, I'm sure you might have a banner. I'm sure we'll see some banners. Um, you got to commemorate it, but it does get awkward when you're a team that doesn't have an NBA championship, but you have the in-season tournament banner. Like how, how seriously do we take those? Well, I've seen a stat that the Hawks are undefeated in play-in and in-season tournament play. That they are. In franchise history. That That <laughs> is true. That is true. So all the good vibes from any sort of tournament, I feel like the Hawks are in pretty good shape. So this weekend might be a, a telling sign of what, what could Whether that record stands. See you in Vegas. <laughs> when Lauren's going to Vegas in, in mid-December. You just got to we'll take see. me with you for that one, okay? Oh, absolutely. You definitely need to be We need to have a Hawks ride. report on the road live from Vegas for... I think so. The Hawks quest for a championship. Then that has a nice ring to it. Even though it's an in-season tournament, it's still a championship. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost Lauren. I've lost Lauren. Maybe that's a, that's a side of wrapping things up here. I've already lost Lauren here. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if this were a video podcast, I was just having that kind of absent-minded smile where it was just like... Yeah, I don't agree with you, Daniel, but let's keep smiling. (laughs) Just keep smiling. We like to have fun here. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) But again, you know, as Daniel said, we do like to have fun here at the Hawks Report. And we're going to keep having fun this week with the next two games being in-season tournament games. And we'll be back with you guys next week to talk about it. And there are other games that 
also matter, right? <laughs> nope. It's only the in-season tournament that matters. <laughs> I'm Lauren Williams, the host of the Hawks Report from the AJC. Thank you guys for joining us and we'll catch you next time. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.